0: Don't stay waiting for that door to, be, to open, it's closed. Move on, move on, and really move on. Not only physically, but mentally as well. Now, with, for more tools incorporated, I can say I can move on physically, but I have to move on mentally. And always visualize yourself doing something else. Growing is not about a better position or more money. Growing is something internal. You're going to feel that when you start incorporating knowledge and experiences.
1: Once again, that's realtimereservation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have Laura Barbieri, a Corporate Human Resource Director and Executive Coach here joining us. Laura, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Hey, Steve. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you.
1: Well, Laura, we always get started right away on the podcast, and today we're going to start like we always do. What was your first job? in hospitality?
0: My first job was a very interesting one. It was cleaning. So, um, and it was a long time ago. I don't do any math, but it almost <laughs> going to be 30 years since I'm starting hotels in. Very, very young when I was in Buenos Aires in 1990. So that was my first job. It was housekeeping. it was cleaning rooms. And then I was promoted to clean the, the spa and gym. So that was a great promotion for me, but I've been doing that for a while and I really enjoyed that.
1: And how did you start? Was it something that you were just looking for a job and someone said, hey, we got housekeeping, come check us out? Is that how it started?
0: Well, I was yeah, looking for a job. I was um, I was 19 years old and I really want to move forward in life, be independent, help my parents to pay for my school, university, so I really wanted to help them with that. So that was my purpose first, help them, and I finally get this job, but I was already studying hospitality in Buenos Aires. So it was good for me because I have the chance to explore the options in the city. We were not so many because Mm -hmm. I wanted to work in a good company name on the top so I approached one of my professors and he recommended at that time that go and look for a job in the in at that time that hotel the Marriott Plaza Hotel which was becoming just becoming a Marriott Hotel so for me it was oh I knew Marriott but I didn't know that the Plaza and the Plaza is an awesome hotel so they say no you go it's becoming a Marriott property so I went, and they say no. But I say I can do interns, even I shouldn't do any intern. But I can do that on the until you have an opportunity here. So the school helped me to fill up some papers because it was not supposed to do internships at that time. But that was the way that I thought it was easier for me to to put my faith into the industry and the brand
1: i love hearing that and so when you start listen housekeeping i have to, had to do it a couple of times in my career It's one of the hardest jobs i've ever had how did you feel when you started was it something like oh my god i can't believe i'm doing this or i was excited to be in a hotel what was kind of the vibe that you felt first felt
0: that's a great question because i was feeling so so good so happy so proud of myself for being able to get the job i have so much energy I was cleaning, but I um even when I was doing some rooms with other housekeepers and I was first helping the housekeeper, we used to have these two positions before, like someone helping and someone else doing the cleaning, and you help the cleaning person as an assistant. So and I say, to Me, what are you thinking? Where are you laughing all the time? Where you have a smile in your face? I mean, it's just I don't get to see what is in front of me. I don't see the toilet. I don't see the beds. I mean, I just see a big company. I just see myself speaking to an audience. I just see myself being something big in the, the industry. So that was the way I always saw everything. At that, at that point, when I was 19 years old, and even now, it's, I didn't realize what I was doing. It just so unconsciously done, Um, but it made me feel so good. I was, um, before that job, which was my first one, I was a tennis professional and I was doing tennis classes. So one of the reasons why after a year, I got like a promotion to clean the the gym and the spa, because I was telling everyone that I need to go, I need to, do my training i need to we have game with my team which we did that for years so do classes and um, so they started hearing about that i was doing something else so they asked me to help at the at the gym with some clients sometimes and i was helping i mean
1: wow so, so, so you, were, you were giving classes to clients in tennis you're saying at the, the yeah. hotel
0: It was outside the hotel, but we didn't have tennis court in that hotel, but we had many people who wanted to use the gym and didn't know many things about about how to use it. And because I was always involved in that sports area, um, I started helping them. so they promote me to be in the spa gym cleaning slash helping clients slash the reception is at night <laughs> at the uh, same area, but it was the way that people start seeing me. Some people say, you don't say too much about you, what you do. I mean, keep your things to your own. I've been always until now being the opposite. I like to tell everyone what I do, what I can do to help. Um, People here, and sometimes they call me, hey, you mentioned one day that you know how to do this. Can you help me? Yes, I can. I just needed to be in a place where other people can see me because no, no one could see me in the rooms. And that's something I learned at a very early stage in hospitality and in business. You have to be seen and you have to do the job, of course. Being seen is not enough. You have to do the job and you have to do it right. But you have to be seen.
1: That's a good tip. That's a good tip for a lot of people. So how did you start to transition away from housekeeping? You take this mindset because you're at this hotel for a long time.
0: Yeah, because I've been in front of office, then really liked the interaction with the customers. I really enjoyed the interaction with the with all the guests. And then I start growing and growing and room from division in housekeeping, in front desk, business center. Get relation manager, PBX, PBX supervisor, at your service manager, positions like, oh, I was doing a lot. And suddenly there was a position open in the hotel that was the director of services. It was a new position, was the number two for at that time for the director of room. So, of course, I apply. I really thought that position was made especially for me and I went to the interview and it was a great interview with the general manager, which I never had this chance to see with him, but I did a great interview. I was ready for the offer. And they say, oh, we proceed with another candidate, which was the firm office manager. At this time, he's a good friend of mine. And-
1: <laughs> Still good.
0: And, and GM of another hotel, yeah, very successful person. They did the right choice but at that time I thought that I was the right choice. So I say, I went to HR. I said, this is the moment when I have to go to HR and explain what happened. So I wanted someone to give me more feedback because I really feel I was failing. I was not ready to fail. I was ready to keep growing and growing and growing. So the HR director at that time told me, well, Laura, there's always opportunities, and I say there's oh, always opportunities, but I don't see them. I I really need a lot for this opportunity to come, and now I don't see. I couldn't see anything else. I was, I guess, I was so shocked. I was blind. So the HR director told me, "Well, by the way, uh, I'm opening one position in the hotel, and you are the perfect fit." is a training manager and I say training manager HR working with you in an office not being able to walk around on the hotel you're you're killing me alive I mean like (laughs) why are you doing this to me I just came for uh for some feedback and I will end working in that Laura think about it I'm telling you because I see you in this position, not because I don't have anyone. It's just I see you training people because you help me training everyone. And I say, yes, but I I help you because I like training, but I do it because it's my responsibility and because I enjoy it. He said, But you do it and you do it well, so think about it. But come to me and see me tomorrow because I need an answer. I was in shock, Steve. I was in shock. I was... I just went there because I, I needed to cry. I didn't want to, anyone else to see me. So the day that I was considered that they um, something negative, it became the the star or a new beginning of my career. Because a week after, I was the training manager working in HR, reporting to the director of HR and start traveling from one place to another one to get trained to be able to train some people. So it was new. I was not feeling comfortable the first year maybe because it's a big transition from operations to HR. But then, well, here I am almost more than 20 years later uh, working for the same area, area that I thought I'm going to be here for an year, then I'm going to move back to rooms continue my career, become GM, check, 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 be real,
1: done. So you you gave us a lot of this story. You gave a lot of good story here. So I want to come back a couple of steps because that moment in someone's life could go different ways, right? You could have stayed in the role that you were in and been upset and maybe moved to a different hotel. But what made you that night when you went home, what what made you, what were you thinking about? What was it, yeah, I'm going to be a GM of a hotel. I don't want to go to HR. But what made you think about trying it?
0: I was thinking, yes, I want to be a GM of the hotel, so maybe if I stay for a an year and get some knowledge about HR training and all the policies and the law, et cetera, et cetera, I will be able to be a better GM. Okay, that was one thought. And then I started putting a list together, pro and cons, and I was doing my list. Or oh, will I, besides that? Hmm, yes, I will make more money because they mentioned that Um I didn't ask because I was not thinking of the money, but I did my list, And I said, there's a lot here. I can do this for a year. So I went back the next day and I, and I say, yes, I was not very, I mean, convinced, like I was convinced, mentally convinced, but my body was still in a different mood. I was-
1: the operations, yeah. It's very different. Mm-hmm.
0: I was in operation. <laughs> it was difficult. To be in an office um, but then everyone started coming to HR which was another challenge that they have and I didn't know because for me HR was a nice area to go and and visit and I like the people working there but I was not going very often but then I saw so many people start coming to HR because they knew me from other areas so they asked me question that I was not for a training manager it was more for an for an HR director or an HR manager or a generalist, but they start asking me and I want to provide an answer. So I know the kind of person that I like to say, oh, go to the person is this. And I say, I will find out. So I learned and I passed the information and I started getting so involved in HR just because I wanted to help some other people, not because it was my intention to learn more about that. I was already pretty busy with training and i started liking it like providing answer feeling seeing how people was relieved after coming to hr and uh, find solutions provide answers and i started seeing how that can change people's life in the in the workplace and outside the workplace as well because not knowing what is gonna happen is it's a bad feeling that you take home or that or that does not help you to perform your job well. And, and I get so passionate about communication, bar at that time.
1: So how long were you in that training manager role? How long did you be, were you just that position?
0: I've been in two years in that position. Uh, we have one day, more hotels start opening in South America central america north america i mean north of uh, latin america and Mario started expanding a lot they saw in the caribbean and latin america region uh, cala it became a boom so hotels started opening so we have one of our vp of hr visits from bethesda at that time and i was having an one-on-one meeting it was the time when the peace and everyone have the time to sit. Let's have our one-to-one meeting. I don't hear that like in so long because everyone looks like running. But it was it was really nice practice that I try to do it a lot with people.
1: That's oh, a big meeting, um, right? They're coming from corporate Maryland. They're coming the, down to Latin America to meet down. with you. Were you nervous? Were you preparing?
0: I was excited because I love I love regional meetings. <laughs> when they were coming and they were saying oh we have the regionals coming from maryland i was oh wow i was prepared i was i don't know i was trying to reorganize everything to make sure that at least from as much as i can do they they found everything good they they give good compliments to the hotel to the managers so in one-on-one meeting talking about the future, I didn't know that the future could be so close to me because they mentioned about a hotel opening in Santiago, Chile, which was a huge hotel, big Marriott brand and everything. And I was, oh, that is so nice. We're gonna have a hotel pretty close to where we are. Um, because the closest hotel in to Buenos Aires was Mexico at that time. We was like very far away. And they say, no, I want you in the DHR position for that hotel. I was in shock. I was, well, for them, maybe in the U.S. at that time, you get used to move from one state to another one, and that was easy. But moving from one country to another one is not. And I was thinking, she saw something in me that I didn't see before. She saw that I was ready for the next position. I thought for myself that I was learning, still in the process of learning, of training, of HR, of benefits, of everything that involves the area. But the other person thought that I was ready. So a month later, I was moving and living in Chile, starting this new position as a director of human resources of the Santiago Marriott Hotel.
1: So I like hearing about this. I like I like hearing about the first time somebody becomes a director at an executive level. And it's a big jump for you because now you're also moving out of the country. What was that step like for you?
0: It is, um, it's a critical step in everyone's career because from that time on, when you join the international division of the company and become an executive committee member and leave your country at that time, and now I think there's no way back. Once you put your feet on that plane, right? You are gone. Your international career is star. You become something different. You start different in living in different cultures, and this is the time that you make it or you break it. You realize once you leave your country, if you're ready for the business, if you're ready for this brand, for the philosophy, for the culture or the multicultural experience, if you're an executive, you have to realize too many things at the same time. You make it or you break it. It's It's, it's not easy at the beginning, getting used to everything. Besides all that, it was my first executive committee member position, so I had to learn about the role I was an expat. i never been an expat. I have an expat package and everything, like every single expat at Marriott at that time. And a lot of things to deal with. But I really enjoy it. It was intense. It was a lot. It was crazy. And I fell in love with this life. And I never stopped doing it until today.
1: Yeah, because that's the step where, really, you go to be a human resource director. And there's only a few people I know who went from human resource director back to GM. So once you're in human resources, that really is the career you take on most of the time, not all the time, but you excel at it. You were at that hotel for six and a half years, growing and learning. And I think something you said at the beginning, like you were making a name for yourself. You were being seen, right? So tell me about how you grew in this hotel to get to the next location.
0: At that time, we have another VP of HR. So... In a conversation, in a one-to-one session with a person talking about the um, next steps, uh, I was ready to take more hotels as a DHR, like multi-property, but there's not multi-property in many places. And I needed to be in a place with more revenue, more employees. So she said, Let me think about it. Let me consider a few places. Uh, probably there are some people moving, but I will get back to you because, yes, you are ready to move to and next destination, next country, next hotel, brand, whatever. So two days after, she called me from, from, from her office in U.S. and said, you know what, Laura? Uh, yes, I have one. I have the place for you, but I want you to be honest and say if you want it or not, and you're going to have an interview there. You're going to spend two days because I want you to feel familiar with the place. If you don't feel good, let me know and we look for another place because that area is super, super tough to work in HR and it's Mexico City. And it's one of the, our biggest hotel in the region. So took a plane. I have an interview with the best GM I ever worked with. Person that I admire a lot, and I like the hotel. I like everything, of course. The GM, because I wanted to work with someone that that can guide me through the to my next level. So yes, but it was a, a different, difficult decision because it's, the place is huge and unions are were a lot.
1: Right. So that's what I was going to ask Ness. I have two questions. First, we need to know that we need to know the general manager's name. We have to give him a shout out. Who is this person?
0: Yes. Mike Rock.
1: Mike Rock. So oh. yeah. So listeners, they look up Michael Rock and send him a little thumbs up if he listens to this. So you're working there, but you mentioned what was it about having a GM like that? Now I'm curious, right? People always want to hear about the best and favorite GM. What made you feel that way?
0: Wow. <laughs> uh, Mike Rock is. Fast. He's a smart. He can see the future in a second. He will. He will give you an answer to every single executive member. Doesn't matter what, what is the matter? If it's about marketing, finance, F&B, rooms, HR, he will right away get the answer. He's like a computer in his brain. Like he's uh, fast. he's a fixer. And he's really good with people he participates and tries to get very involved with the culture that even he learned spanish to when he was living in mexico when he left mexico he was already speaking in spanish when he left to take a position at host i was just kidding i say oh you know what mike now you're gonna be learning portuguese because you're gonna be traveling to brazil ha! ha, ha. Um, a year later he called me and said he had lunch we were in miami because he's in Miami now, and he was speaking Portuguese <laughs> to connect Amazing. with the people there. So things like that is like, is well, <laughs> really connect with people and engage, but in a different level. He's intelligent. This is, you can see that as soon as you see him. So for me, that was like, yes, I need to go to that and work for the hotel for Marriott for Mark. And the interview was long. I didn't know the owners of the hotel was Marriott. Marriott doesn't own hotels, you know, but that specific hotel, yes, they own. And every single exec committee member that was working in that property was very carefully selected and go through a process because of the owner. So when sometimes people, when people tell me something, oh, how is dealing with the owners of the hotels? Imagine who was the owner. So I'm glad I had Mike guiding me through all the reporting and everything that we did because we shine in that hotel. We became number one place to work, you know, Mexico on number two and three. We made it. I mean, everyone was fantastic. He was only hiring number ones. Mike will never hire number two. He, is, he knows exactly what he wants and what the business want and need
1: as you move around i think we talked about this once in the past is you don't see too many hr directors going to different countries because you have to different states you travel different cities but different countries you have to learn all different laws and all different ways of cultures and all different ways of talking to people what was that jump like for you especially going to mexico city one of the biggest cities in the world one of the busiest hotels in the world what was that like for you
0: yes you have to spend a lot of time with with people to understand I would say the, the culture, but the culture is different thing. You have to understand the mindset. You know, the culture involves many things. I can learn food when I'm I can learn about many different traditions, but if I want to connect with people, I just don't want to communicate. I'm the kind of person that wants to connect. So you need to understand the mindset, how people really think, what are their values? And I realized they have really high um, values, family values, and a lot of things that you, if you say something, you can really hurt someone. So you have to hold down and, a lot many times and said and think about the way you're gonna say the things because people are so, so nice and good that you don't wanna hurt anyone. So that was a nice learning. Mike left, he went to Hawaii, so I went with him to open the first edition for a while as a task force. Mm-hmm.
1: Just to help but out. I
0: was ready to stay if he wanted me to stay, but he knew that I have a big things coming from me in Mexico, but I moved with him for a while to Waikiki, Hawaii to open our first edition as an HR, of course. <laughs> after a while I, I went back to to Mexico to welcome the new GM and continue working for him, always extraordinary people and very talented. And so, like you say, it's not it's, it's not easy to move from country to country in HR, even different states is difficult. Imagine country traditions and law and regulations.
1: I can unions. imagine. Mm-hmm. Unions,
0: unions all over. <laughs>
1: I mean, you were doing a fantastic job there for six years because then you get another big promotion. And this is at a level where you really start to grow and you're now a market director of human resources for the Mexico area, right? And so how does that happen? Is it just because you were there in Mexico City at the best and biggest hotel or was it something that you went after and got?
0: Both. I was in a flagship hotel for the region and at the same time, I was really looking for that. So I was always telling my VP what exactly I was looking for. I try to avoid confusion or miscommunication because I like to be very clear with what I what I want and what I expect from my career. I can be right or wrong, and I accept, of course, any feedback. But I like to be very clear, and I always suggest to people that wants to grow, go and tell your manager, go and tell your manager, this is what I want. This is my next position. This is what I'm looking for. This is the money I want to maybe be clear about that. So yes, of course, they thought about me because I already raised my hand before. So they offered me, a, well, I start working directly for more hotels in the area. When we opened um, our hotels at the airport, then in Stapan de la Sal, and other places outside Mexico, uh, more hotels. And especially because Marriott moved uh, many offices like call centers, GSO, uh, different sales offices for Latin America, they moved to Mexico and they consolidated all the headquarters. So I was overviewing all those projects. Very nice. Happy with that. Happy with Mexico and traveling, of course, around Mexico because I was still doing the role of trainer for Caribbean and Latin America. It's a different Marriott division, but beside my role as the HR or market HR, I always been doing training. This is something that I did for the company since day one. We are not get pay any extra for doing that. It's just more effort and trips and travel. But that's what I get to know all the region and all most of the Caribbean islands and all the region and hotels.
1: Yes. you put that effort in it America. and it paid off into a bigger
0: role. Yes. I mean, when, when you're a trainer, do you, when you become a training person, there are a lot of things that helps you in your life. You think you are helping other people, but then you realize how your life changed because you know more people, you know more countries, you have to absorb a lot of information to be able to teach someone something new, especially because I was only training managers and leaders and you expose yourself. So you become very confident, very confident when you're presenting and being confident when you do presentations, I think is key is critical for your next leadership role in your career. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to- Pass the message and saying it right. And this is something I always recommend to someone.
1: That's true. And you're giving too. when you're training people, you're giving to people. And I think the more you give, the more people care that you're giving to them. And they always look out for you. I still remember all the people who trained me and I remember them fondly. And as I grew, I always wanted to make sure I took care of them, right? So it's like you help these future generations grow and grow. And then they look after you too, which I always loved. And I saw it that way. But, you know, I want to make sure we stay on on your career. And look, what I love about your journey is that you started off as a housekeeper in Marriott and 20 years later, you're with Marriott, but at one of the highest levels in HR running all of Mexico. But it looks like a, a decision was made at some point where you left Marriott and you joined a different company. Tell me about that. Was that a hard decision? Was it an easy decision? What was that like for you?
0: It was a super hard decision because I was in Mexico and at that time they were like I've been in the market direct, director of human resources for a while and I was nothing else coming. Not for me, for anyone. I was calling my colleagues in different parts of the region or U.S. or nobody was moving. It was the year, the crisis, you know, like, things like this happened. And suddenly, I get a call for an equity fund in Mexico, very well known, big, that owns different companies. They want me to they wanted to meet with me because they bought one of the biggest retail companies, and they needed a corporate director of HR. So, okay, it was Mexico. I was already been there for years. I lived thirteen years in Mexico. And... Um, so I say, I think I have to, I have to listen to this. I never listened to any, any interview or if someone called me like to know me or for an interview, I was only, oh, I'm not interested. For some reason I went because I heard the name of the people that were contacting me. Uh, and I wanted to see if it was true, by the way. And I say, if nothing happened, that's okay. I'm fine with what I'm doing. And I'm gonna enjoy the coffee. <laughs> So I met the owners and the big investors and the equity fund, and I realized who they were and how important they were in Mexico. So I decided to take the corporate director of HR role for all the retail division for that company. And it was a different jump. It was a big jump up, but different because I My conversations were not about beds, F&B, kitchen, or it was different. It was about sales. It was about clothes, shoes, everything that they own. And we have more than 200 stores around in Mexico. So it was really a country role.
1: Which brand was this? I know it's Nexus Capital, but what brands were they overseeing?
0: They have uh, the Nexus Capital on many companies so everything that they buy and the retail they put it under one company called Moda Holding and we have for example shoes from the company Dorothy Gaynor with a lot of stores along the country one of the biggest companies there we have uh, uh, Singara another brand for different type of clothes um very high end, very expensive as well. And some other companies that they were acquiring and putting under the umbrella of moda holding everything that have, was related with uh,
1: retail. And so, what was it like making that change? Because hotel is hospitality is one way of thinking, but HR, like you kind of said, it's kind of laws and making sure you hold things accountable and setting up, you know, goals and achievements. Was it still like that for you, or was it like, oh, I'm lost a little bit at the beginning?
0: no i was not lost i was i connected very well with the purpose of everything basically they're very focused on numbers maybe no maybe not for sure they were 100 focused on 99 focus on numbers,
1: <laughs> numbers yeah.
0: probably um uh, then of course very concerned about the quality about the how they treat the customers that's what i help a lot with the training and putting something together. uh, Peru was super difficult. Number of employees were more than a lot and growing all the time. More of a sales force of 5,000 employees uh, only for retail stores. But for me, being an office, seeing all that information and grabbing everything and being able to modify, for example, in retail, you modify an incentive program. Uh, a bonus that they get for the stuff that they sell. And you can see the next week, a report when the sales went up. So it's very sensitive. If you do, if you give the right incentive, you can see the sales automatically going up or down. If the company is doing something well, automatically different than hotels. So I really like a lot that part, but traveling was a lot because I wasn't for the, I was in charge of the whole country. My team was huge. We were almost 30 employees in HR, but some of them traveling as well along the, and we have the industry, the factories and the production centers as well were located in Cancun. So I was living between Mexico, Cancun and other places. So I think I spent almost two years in a plane. Wow. Literally. visiting every single city, stores, production centers, factories, and and everything. But it was a lot. It was was a that
1: lot. what you wanted, or was it like this is too much? And it was I, I too want much. to find
0: something. Yes, I realized it, it was too much. It was too much because of the number of trips. So, besides that, I've always been studying. I did my two bachelor's degree. I did a master's that I finished in Mexico. I have to change school all the time. Every time I was leaving a country, I had to enroll again in the university to continue another bachelor's degree, do my uh, test again, continue studying, do my master, studying in one country, finishing another one. So I needed to finish the master, which was done, but I was very involved at that time in coaching and getting my certification with the ICF, which is International Coaching Federation from here in US. So I really decided to leave and finish my certifications and enjoy the fact of being focused in finishing the studies and get my license because traveling, studying, and doing everything that I do, it was a lot.
1: Yeah, it's Besides a hard
0: that, choice. I forget, that, I do a lot of sports. So
1: right. and-
0: of course it's a very important part of my life. So I need to combine of those. And so I left. And they're all amazing people, learn a lot from all of them. Um for ha- the way they do business in places like Mexico. But I really wanted to explore more about coaching because I got the certification. And after like three years that I've been trying to get, and I say, you know what, I want to explore more about this. And in the meantime, I will be a coach, life coach, executive coach. I was already have a master in neurolinguistic programming. So I started combining coaching with neurolinguistic. So I was able to connect with my clients. That's how we call the people in coaching. We call them clients, no patients
1: or anything. Customers, no, yeah.
0: No. yeah. clients, mm-hmm. Yeah, They're not patients because they don't have patients. That's what they go to the coach.
1: <laughs> right. That's true. And I'm a big I'm a big believer in having coaches and having that someone in your life that is like that. And so, you know, how did you go and find your clients? Because it's hard. A lot of people think they want to start their own business and have their own practice of something. How did you start? Did you have somebody already that you were doing it with, and it just kind of grew into your first client, or you say, "Hey, hey, everybody, I'm a coach now. Put it out to the world. This is what I'm doing."
0: Yeah. So my guys were pro bono. So I. <laughs> because I was doing to get more practice. And now I have to put my, I did my webpage uh, at a time, which it's always updated because I, I'm always doing coaching to someone, I do mentorship as well, but it is more for companies that for individuals. Nah, put yourself out there is, uh... It's difficult, especially like every new business. Everyone is saying, oh, yeah, let's do it. You have to do it. You're going to be the perfect coach. I'm going to help you. But when you really need to pay the bills, it's like, hey, hello. Remember the conversation we have about like you were (laughs) going to. I start visiting my colleagues in HR. They, they, They are the ones that help me more because I could be in some companies doing coaching. So that is a good start more than individuals and of course i like individuals as well everybody knows me in mexico like an executive coach but believe me step i was doing life coach with every single person until today even if the ceo of the company when you are one-on-one with a person they don't talk about business they don't want to they connect with themselves a lot and that is the part that you start enjoying because first they don't want to coach because they say why, why, they told me that I need a coach. Because they bought me a packet for sessions for the executives. <laughs> so and then they they like it. They they like it. They they value that the company is doing that for them. So yes, HR colleagues uh, are the ones that help me more to get the, those clients. And then of course they start with me and recommend me and and getting to know more individuals in different situations. No, listen,
1: I love it. I think it's a good tool for anybody to have, especially as you're growing in your career, to have that person to talk to and help set goals and to help achieve what you want. I've had it and it's a big help for me, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm excited about this part of your story. Cause you go into coaching, you take the time for yourself, right? To finish your studies, to get your coaching done. But I love this part where you come back to a familiar name, right? You come <laughs> back to a familiar place, and you end up back with Marriott as a senior director of human resources here in my hometown of Miami. How does that happen? You know, you don't see that too often of leaving and coming back. No, you don't see
0: that too often. At that time, I was already being, before that, I was already almost 25, 20, 23 years with Marriott. So everyone that see me, okay, they know my name, they know what I do, everything. But the first thing they do, oh, you're the person from Marriott. I mean, it's like if I have the name here, like in a tattoo in my forehead, it's like, so I found this um, this offer. They made to me very interesting because I was doing, they call me as a coach, but many people call me because they know me for HR. So they say, oh, she was going in HR. Maybe she's good as a coach. I guess so that was what was in their minds. Since, of course, I need any type of, Coach or slash consulting. I started doing it as well. It was not my intention to be HR consultant, so that's how I went back and came to Miami. Okay, and do coaching plus slash. I don't have coaching, but they want me to do some HR consulting or to help with something very specific. So I did it in Mexico and I started doing it in Miami until one of the companies say, "Hey, you, thank you for the consulting." Yeah, it was an amazing job and they offered me the position for senior director of human resources here in Miami so at that time I was not I mean there are things that happen in your career that you're not expecting and there are other that you're expecting when you're expecting you say yes and guess what when you're not expecting and something happened to you go and say yes just ask yourself Is it a better position? Is it a better place? I'm going to make more money. I'm going to have more fun. And if the answer is yes, go for it. So I just call my husband from Miami. He's Mexican where he was in Mexico. I was traveling as always. And I say, hey, by the way, I'm coming by this weekend. I just finished the consulting part, but they offer me something. So I'm going to be staying next week, trying to understand more in detail the offer. And let you know, but before I decide to stay and hear about what they have to offer, I need to hear from you. Do you want to move if everything goes well or you don't want to leave? Because I'm always ready, but I have to ask. And he said, yes, whatever is good for your career, you're going to be good deciding for yourself and you're good deciding for both of us. So I stay and I say yes. But I had a lot of support from him at, at that time, so that, that meant the, the world for me.
1: That's amazing to hear. Having a supportive partner in this industry is very important. Yes, you know, especially this industry is hard. But you do well there. Again, you you get promoted. Like everywhere you've been, you move up, right? So you get promoted pretty quickly there to area director of human resources, overseeing all of the, the Marriotts. It seems like in Miami, when you look at the roster, what was that like making that step up?
0: For me, growing is about the position, yes. Could be about the money, yes, of course. But it's about knowledge. If I get a job which I, which they can pay me more or they can offer me a better role or a higher role, doesn't have to be better, higher role, yes, it's a, it's a way of growing. But if I don't grow here in my mind, my knowledge, I'm not getting what I want. <laughs> And I really need to expand. So I get very involved with the SHRM.
1: So for listeners, tell them what what is SHRM? So for listeners that might not know what SHRM is, explain.
0: The most amazing organization for every single HR person in this world and especially in US. Uh, The SHRM is, is all the knowledge is Society for Human Resources Management. The headquarters is in US in Alexandria. And they have all the knowledge very well Organized of all a, HR, all the aspects. They have brilliant people putting together all the information, reviewing, updating, so that you as an HR, if you go through all that and study, and you are able to absorb all that information, you will get. You will get one day be certified as an HR professional by the SHRM. As soon as I was working here, I was like. I need to get the charm certification. I need to get involved with this. I need to get to know more about this. And it's a start again. It's like a new start and a new beginning. I think that I found a lot of support in, in two places, in the HR community in Miami for hotels and restaurants as well, because a lot of people from restaurants and hotel, it's an amazing support because it's great people great knowledge. Uh, I learned a lot from all of them and from the SHRM because they have a chapter for Miami and they have the Florida chapter and they have the Miami chapter. And I start learning a lot. At first, I was frustrated because I was like feeling like, oh, they know a lot and I don't know enough. But then I realized that this is what motivates me being in a place where everyone knows more than me. I was so blessed about that that I started studying. It took me, and I know, ashamed to to say it, nobody say, but I want to say, it took me three years to get my certification. Maybe it was easy from someone from here or not. It's not an easy certification, but now I understand when someone told me one day here, uh, yeah, another colleague from HR from another company, if you want to have a speech, uh, knowledge, everything you need to have your your credentials, you need to have your your certification. So that once someone see that, they will know that you know everything that you need to know for the role. So um, for me, it was a long process. Uh, it took me more than normal. And I get to know many interested people there. Fortunately, the past year when I was already certified and Going to all the Sherm events and congresses uh, in in US and in Florida, um, the Sherm president for the Miami chapter um, offered me to become a board member for mm-hmm. Miami starting in That's amazing. Yes, so I was the past week they did the official event when we did uh, everything we were probably announced and it was a very really nice event and i was thinking when i went back home i was telling my husband remember when i went from like feeling frustrating when i first got the first book from the Sherm, trying to understand everything and now being like part of the board uh, which by the way is diversity and equity and inclusion my role as a vp for the sherm This year. So I like to see not only that part of the story, but I like to see the journey, uh, how I got there because I had to study a lot, a lot.
1: Yeah. And you put in the effort. It's amazing to see just hearing your story. And I'm sure the listeners feel this too of how hard you worked and continue to learn and continue to push yourself and continue to take chances because a lot of people don't, right? They just, they're okay with what they got or they get frustrated and and stop doing what they're doing but just in talking to you you continue your entire career that way and it's just impressive to hear and see and so you know i know this new year has brought many new things so you're now with on the sherm board you know where are you now this year because i know the time at marriott that chapter has closed for now but where are you doing now so what what is what are you up to this year
0: is the india in the same hospitality industry and continue doing coaching as always. That is something that is going to be with me forever. But this time I'm representing a different company in the HR perspective that owns restaurants. So I will be more focused along the year in doing just, uh, restaurant parts. Uh, the company is expanding, is growing very young and energetic mentality. And I'm just taking all the restaurants one by one, and we're consolidating everything under one brand, which is the company. So it's a new challenge, uh, kind of the same industry, hospitality. So it's very good and familiar for me to be involved in restaurants and from my HR side, having more than like an office role, not being around the. The buildings and working and walking around and get to answer everything good question for every single employees because i don't get to see the employees at least i want to go out to the restaurants and and talk to them or or because i have to do that often but it's not every day my every day is in the office so i enjoy that part because i can create a lot of new things or implement many things that need to be implemented. And this is a challenge that, that I love and that I'm really engaged with.
1: I love hearing that. And so you've been very gracious with your time here. So I have one last question for you, Laura. You've truly traveled around the world. You've worked with amazing people and your career is one to really. See as how someone in hospitality can grow. But if young Laura was walking into your company today, starting in hospitality, and she came to your HR office asking for advice, what advice would you give young Laura if she was starting on your team today?
0: I would give the same advice that that person gave me at that time. If the if this door is closed, look for a door that is open. Don't don't stay waiting for that door to be to open. It's closed. Move on. Move on and really move on, not only physically, but mentally as well. Now with for more tools incorporated, I can say I can move on physically, but I have to move on mentally and always visualize yourself doing something else. Growing is not about a better position or more money. Growing is something internal. You're going to feel that when you start incorporating knowledge and experiences. Of course, as I always say, and the love of all the people around you because they really value what we do.
1: That's great advice for anybody listening. So, Laura, I appreciate you taking your time and spending with me. I know how busy you are. I'm very grateful. Um, If somebody wants to connect with you, any listeners that hear you, how can they connect with you, Laura?
0: I have my webpage, which is laurabarvieri.com. And this is the best way they find me because I even have my phone there and, of course, LinkedIn, which is uh, Great, great way to find me.
1: That is true. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate the time.
0: Thank you, Steve. It was my pleasure.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Biscayne Coffee. Biscayne Coffee was founded with a giving spirit and a big idea to enjoy delicious coffee roasted in Miami while helping save Biscayne Bay and the animals that live there. As a former food and beverage director, I can assure you these are some of the best quality beans on the planet. 10% 10% of every coffee sold is donated to nonprofits to help preserve Biscayne Bay for all to enjoy. Visit BiscayneCoffee.com today and use promo code MENTOR at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Drink good coffee and create a good outcome. podcast is a hospitality.fm production.